awesome podcast. Toot toot. How are you doing over there, Big Al? Well, I've been pretty busy, Mr. Possum. Uh, you know, I got a lot of irons in the fire. Got a lot of plates spinning right now, uh, sort of all of a sudden. I'm a, I'm a busy man. Oh, that sounds pretty sticky. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Are you doing okay managing all that stuff? I know you don't usually do nothing. Yeah. Well, I've actually I found a great way to manage how much I'm doing, and I've started cloning myself. Oh, no. No. To just do certain tasks, just for certain things. Doesn't it get kind of messy having a bunch of clones running around? It seems like a stressful sitcom situation waiting to happen. Like when Kirk Cameron would go on too many dates on growing pains, you know? Oh, yeah, that's the thing you really got to avoid with clones is getting yourself into a sitcom situation. And the way you deal with that is you just eliminate the clone as soon as it's done with its task. Eliminate it. So you see, I have a trapdoor right here under my radio chair that leads to one of them old-fashioned alligator pits. Oh. So once the episode ends, uh, the clone is just gator food, and uh, and I don't have to worry about one of these sneaky little clones, you know, taking over my life or uh, eyeballing my wife or anything. Now, Big Hal, have you considered in your little ravioli-sized brain that it, that's you sitting in that radio chair right now? You're sitting above all them gators. Wait, yeah. I'm the one doing the podcast right now. Which means that I'm a clone. Yep, you're a clone. Which means I'm gator food. Ah, nuts! Yep, you are gator food. Ah, well, it's all part of the job, I guess. Yeah, sometimes the job really stinks and then you get fed to a gator. That's life. Hey, speaking of jobs, let's do another episode about dream jobs. Remember that? That was a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, it was. It was nice to dream about something better but still a job, which makes it less of a dream. But let's do Dream Jobs Part 2. So when we come back, Mr. Possum and I are going to talk a little more about the uh, seeming oxymoron of the dream job. We'll be right back after this. Mr. Possum, what's the first one you'd like to talk about? I mean, we're talking dream jobs. We're talking about pies in the skies. I'd love to be Indiana Jones. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You travel around the world, fall asleep with your hat over your eyes, you just collect junk, and then you whip anyone with your whip. Anybody gets in the way, you just whip them. Yeah. And you use that whip for everything. Swinging from stuff, whipping can of beer to get it close to you. And you get to dress cool. You got a leather jacket and a hat. What's not to like? Yeah, but you're saying, like, he himself is the job. So it's like he wakes up in the morning and he punches the clock at moment one, and he's already on the clock as Indiana Jones. Right. People ask him what he does for a living. He's like, oh, I'm Indiana Jones. I do Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah. You know what I do. I think the tightest thing about being Indiana Jones is that when you punch somebody, it sounds like you're throwing a cabbage against the wall. Yeah. That real good punch sound. That's that's why I want the job. Yeah, because I've seen you in a few bar brawls before, uh, you know, and I think, if I remember correctly, 
Uh, you punching someone sounds like shaking a box of cinnamon life cereal. Unfortunately, yes. My bones do are get rattled around in there. You know, it makes the punch less impressive because then I'm screaming in pain and yeah. And then I got a nasty old rattle hand for a while. That's not ideal. Yeah, but the rattle hand works as its own kind of defense mechanism. Like you're you become sort of like a rattlesnake for a little while. Right. If somebody's getting too close, I just shake that old rattler. And then it's accompanied by my screams because it hurts to shake the loose bones in my hand. So it's just, ah! So I'd love to be Indiana Jones. That'd be way better than the, the job I have as possum. Yeah. I never should have interviewed for this job. Yeah, just the ability to land a punch itself, would. it sounds like it'd be a massive upgrade. Mm-hmm. What you got next for us, Big Al? The first dream job that I'd like to discuss tonight, Mr. Possum, is gold miner. Ew. Now here's a job. Just you out in the open wilderness doing battle with the earth and rock, fighting to squeeze every last drop of that precious metal so nice they named it gold. Because it's golden, Mr. Possum. Mm-hmm. But here's what I like the most about gold mining. It looks easy as heck. You get yourself a nice gold-rich stripe of undeveloped land. You shake a pot in a river for a couple hours a day until you find a nice juicy golden nugget. Then you do that dance you got to do, of course, the, pro- the prospector dance when you find some gold. Right. And then you give that rock to somebody, and they pay you enough money to party for two weeks straight. And then when you wake up broke two weeks later, all you got to do is shake that pan in the river a little more until you find some more gold. It's the perfect job. Yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. No boss breathing down your neck, no punching the clock, no busy work, no billable hours, no clone elimination. Just you and the rock. I don't want to pick on you, but I, I this is striking to me that you this isn't a job for clones. Like, seems like that's hard, grueling labor out there literally scraping by in a river uh-huh. for the sweet meats of the earth. And then you make a clone and you send him in here to hang out with me. That's offensive. Oh, I see. Am I worse than a gold mining job? I see. Is my company worse than working in a river mining gold? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing is uh, if you're kind of a lone wolf like me, you know, if you're a guy who's like sort of hard to hang out with in that real tough guy way, then gold mining is the perfect job for you because you get to spend a lot of time alone and you become real gruff and unapproachable. That's sort of the aura I'd like to cultivate out there in the undeveloped West, you know? Oh, yeah. You want to have that vibe of the grumpy gold man. You get it? Like a grumpy old man? Yeah. Grumpy gold man who was great in Mank. Did you see that? Mank? Yeah. What's that? What's Mank? The movie starring grumpy gold man. Didn't see it. Okay. Mr. Possum, what's the next one? I would love to be a foot model, Big Al. Uh, with with your feet, you'd love with, to be a foot model. Yes, with my foot. Okay. I mean, you you sound incredulous. You do know that your feet are not something that I would personally pay to look at. Well, yeah, they're horrifying, but that's that's the kind of foot model I want to be. Not all modeling is supposed to be pretty. Some of it is nasty, you know. Somebody's got to model their foot for medical books and for posters that go in the doctor's office. Ah, I see, I see. Sort of a what not to do with a foot. Oh, yeah. My foot is a cautionary tale, strictly. It looks like a gnarled old tree. 
got ain't got no leaves on it. My foot looks like a drawing out of a scary stories to tell in the dark book, Big Al. It's even in black and white. Yeah, I'm I'm aware. I I have to look at them. And I think I could get this job because it's like. I don't have to take the pictures of it. I don't have to have that expertise. I just got to stay gross and have the same foot problems that I have. And I've got all sorts of looks, too. I mean, each toe has its own problem. It's like a sampler platter for foot disease. Like one of them Whitman's chocolate boxes. Uh-huh. But eat, you never know what's inside each toe. Wow, it's disgusting. Yeah. That's really, really gross. It is. And I expect to be paid handsomely. Ain't nobody looking at these foots for free. Yeah. Well, now, here's the thing. Uh, what if they pay you handsomely and you get your feet fixed and then you no longer have that, uh, you know, avenue of employment? I'm sure it'll be in my contract to not fix my feet. Cannot get feet fixed? Right. I can fix up all the other features of my body that are nasty. I can go to town doing that. This foot is a gold mine for me, Big Al. I'm going to be making loot by the foot. Toot toot. Toot toot. What do you got for us next? Well, the next dream job I want to talk about, Mr. Possum, is owning one claw machine. Ooh. Now, here's a dream job, in my opinion. This is sort of like being a gold miner, but you've got somebody else shaking the pan in the river for you and paying you for the privilege of doing it. You're like Tom Sawyer in that fence. Mm -hmm. It's passive income, Mr. Possum. You can't beat it. The American dream. What you do is you get yourself a claw machine and you put it in that little airlock area of the nearest Denny's diner. I imagine the hardest part of the job is getting it in the door. That or uh, maybe they'll let you assemble it in place, but that could take weeks and that sounds like its own job. But once it's there, you just sit there and watch naked and afraid and wait for the nickels and dimes to roll in, baby. That sounds sweet enough, but don't you have to keep it filled up with treasures? Ah, here's the best part, Mr. Possum. Let's say you win a little plush kitty out of a claw machine. I bet on average it's about two years before that thing turns up at a Goodwill or at a yard sale. Or you can just buy it off the shelf for 25 cents. A fraction of what it costs to get it out of the claw machine. No claw needed. And then you just drop it back in. Cycle starts anew. Man, oh man, I just picture this sad old teddy bear that's just been loved to death. Been through like five different houses and it's got no fur on the top of his head because it was some little boy's best friend and rubbed it all over his face and put it under his armpit when he slept. Ugh. Well, yeah. I mean, some of them eventually will have a sort of worn-in quality, but I like to think that gives it its own kind of charm, you know? There's a warmth to plush that's been used. Well, you could wash them, Big Al, before you put them back in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Now my job is a plushy washer. I, I don't think so. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a toy washer is my job. I own one claw machine. Yeah, you're right. No honor in that. Better to have a filthy toy in there.
awesome. What's the next one you got for us? I would love to be a small town beautician. Somebody that does old ladies' hair in a very small, quaint town. That's what I want. Ah, yeah. I mean, first of all, the job is easy. You just got to put a globe on their head and spray something in there, and then you cook it. You're just cooking hair. Yeah. It's hard to screw it up. Ain't nobody going to taste it. It just has to look curly. That's all. Everybody wants the same haircut, pretty much. You get that old, that old lady special. You just got that little fro, you know? Yep. But I ain't there for the work. I'm there for that piping, hot gossip. Sure. I want to be the first one to hear the spicy stuff that's going on in the town. And then I can have something to talk about with new people who sit in my chair and want a little afro. Good stuff. You know, like, ooh, I heard Luther got new floor mats in his truck. These are rubber. They're better for dirt and mud. And Luther's so muddy. Yeah. Oh, I heard Jeannie's leg is fake. All this time, I thought it was a real leg. It's a fake leg. It's been a table leg this whole time. Oh, Jeannie. Robbie Davis got him a satellite. He's got all sorts of cable channels now. That's why we don't see him. You know them new turtles they got at the pet shop they're always talking about? They're stolen turtles didn't even buy them. Well, you know, Mr. Possum, that puts me in mind of the dream job I was going to talk about next, which is also a small town figure. Oh. I would like to be a petty small town con man. Oh, okay. Now, here's a dream job, Mr. Possum. Show up in some nowhere little town in Iowa and become the local con man. Every town's got to have one of them. Might as well be me. The problem with being a con man in the big city is all the cutthroat competition and people aren't quite as friendly, so when they find out you're conning them, they get all mad and call the police or whatever. In a small town, oh, that's just Sean. He does that. Oh, you gave 20 bucks to Sean? Good luck getting that back. Mm -hmm. You lent Sean your good extension ladder? I think you'll find that over at the pawn shop. It's got a charm to it. And they shake their head like, oh, Sean. Because having a con man serves a purpose in a small town. People have stories to tell to their, uh, to say their barber. Mm-hmm. You're like a local hero nobody trusts. Right. Only problem is you got to burn that coal real slow, Mr. Possum. You can't rob these folks blind. Or next thing you know, they're, uh, they're chasing you out of town with pitchforks. Exactly. In that small town, like, we'd all be used to it. You know, like, if somebody sat down in my chair, I, I'd be laughed out of my job if I was like, did you know Sean? Talk somebody out of 50 bucks the other day. They'd be like, uh, duh. Or if I sat down to get the old lady hairstyle, and then as soon as you cooked my hair into that little fro, I just ran out the door. Everybody, you'd be the laughing stock of town. They'd be like, why'd you even let him in the door? Yeah, you gotta have Sean pay you up front. Did you really give Sean a perm and think he was gonna pay for it? What a fool. Yeah, eventually it becomes the town's fault that you're getting away with all this stuff. Exactly. Which is great. The stories told wouldn't it be about how, oh, Sean robbed somebody. He tricked them out of their money. The, the story would be like, can you believe how stupid Robbie Davis is that he gave Sean 20 bucks? You bought a turtle from Sean, and you're telling me this like, uh, like, like I need to go do something about it, you know? Right. <laughs> and that's the sheriff saying that. Sean is basically the booby trap that's very poorly hidden beneath some leaves in the woods that everybody knows to avoid. And if you're foolish enough to step on that trap, then shame on you. Yep. We'll never get you out of that. And you need it there to give people directions. You say, well, just take 
you know, your second left past the booby trap. Right. When we're all tired of being robbed by you, we'll just poke you with a pitchfork until you are no longer breathing. Yeah. You know, or bury you alive or whatever. Ooh, that's a good con man's death. <laughs> Buried alive. Yeah, under a, under a bunch of stuff, you know. People go, oh, you want all my stuff? Here you go. And then you just get sort of buried alive under underneath a, uh, underneath an entire town's people's worth of junk. Right. And then if you make it out of there, ooh, boy, the grifting you could do with a fake death. Oh, yeah. It's Dream Jobs 2. We've got even more Dream Jobs to talk about with you tonight. And I think it's Mr. Possum's turn to tell us about a great dream job he would love to have. I'd like to be one of them storm chasers, Big Hal, like in Twister. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've seen Twister? That looks like a fun job. Just driving around, watching storms. Yeah, getting that truck. I don't even need all them science equipment stuff to find the storm. Because when it starts to be wet outside, my knee hurts real bad. Yeah. So I, I basically just have like a, a pain compass that will lead me to the storm. I'll be finding them left and right. Yeah, you just stick that knee out the window and just follow that. Mm-hmm. And it, the more intense my screams get, the closer we are to the storm. The twister. Now, if you don't have the science equipment, what are you doing? What, what are you doing out there? You're just chasing the storm for fun. What's the purpose of this exercise, Mr. Possum? Well, I'm not going to lie. There is a bit of a thrill-seeker part of me that wants to see this kind of stuff and get close to it. But mainly, falling around a tornado is like being friends with a giant. A giant that will go pick up a house and shake it out and shake all the riches out to the ground and let you keep all the little baubles that fall out. I see. I see. Okay. So as a storm chaser, this is a way around become becoming a burglar for you. I don't appreciate being called a burglar. That's a nasty word. A nasty profession. I like to think of myself as more of a vulture. Yeah. Somewhere between a vulture and a burglar, I I, I think, is is what you're what you're describing. Something like a something like a vul vul vulgar. I'm a vulgar. Yeah, I like that. And you are vulgar. It, it's per- sort of the perfect word for you. If the, the wet shoe you found in a field fits, you got to put it on. That's what they say. That is what they say. That is the expression. What you got for us, Big Al? Another dream job that I would like to have, Mr. Possum, is hockey star. Mm, hockey. I've been crunching the numbers, and hockey looks like the best bet for an aging pile of trash like myself to become a sports superstar. First of all, it's on ice. So nobody's going to be going super fast or doing any of the kind of intricate footwork you got in soccer or basketball. Pretty much everybody's going to be slipping around and making that face where you're trying not to fall down and going, ah, why'd we decide to do this on ice? And then all I got to do is manage to slip a puck past a goalie a couple times a game. Easy peasy. Yeah. Plus, get this, Mr. Possum. They give you a stick to do that. Oh, they messed up and gave Big Hal a stick. He's going to slip this puck past that goalie a few times a game. I can't believe they gave you a stick, Big Hal. They gave me a stick, Mr. Possum. Oh, I can't believe they gave you a stick. Here goes nothing. Hockey is easy. 
Hello there. Mr. Possum, I believe, has his final dream job he would like to talk about. Yes, sir. Top of the heap, I would love to be a cicada, Big Al. Love it. You spend 17 years being a little baby, a little see-through baby that lives in a tree and chugs sap and takes naps. 17 years not doing nothing. How'd you like to start out your life in retirement? But it ain't no kind of sad Benjamin Button deal here. Because at 17 years, you come crawling out of the ground and you are ready for spring break. I'm talking about lots of partying and lots of mating, Big L. Oh, okay. This is kind of like the Indiana Jones thing. You're th- so something's entire existence is its job to you, which is a little different than a human perspective on this. Because for me, it's like you, you find out about jobs when you're about 14, 15 years old and you go, oh, that stinks. That's where you go all day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's sort of different than your, you know, than your basic existence is your job. Right. Um, and then you spend most of your life trying to avoid doing that as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's definitely an animal perspective, but all animals are at work. They have a job to do. They don't question it. Yeah. You can't just quit. I can't quit being a possum. It's my job. I and mean, this is why you see a lot of animals that don't seem like they're thinking about doing much. They're just at work all the time. Now, me, myself, I wouldn't want to be a cicada because uh, I, just, I just know how easy they are to catch and how delicious they are to eat. I mean, I would hate to... I would, I would hate to find myself, you know, just a big fat-bellied cicada, you know, stumbling around on its back on the ground, waiting for Big Hal to walk up and go, mm-mm-mm-mm, honey, get out that Cajun seasoning. We got a boil on. We're having a cicada boil. Yep. I feel you. I mean, I, I love the season when the cicadas come up out of the ground because it's just the world is lunch. Everything's eatable. It's like... Like one of them magical fairy tales where the house is made out of candy and graham crackers. Yeah, every 17 years you could sit out in your backyard with your mouth hanging open and just wait for it to fill up with cicadas. And that's a beautiful thing. Yes, it's... They call it the 17-year itch. When you get that itching for bug flavors. If I ever get this job as a cicada, I'm not going to appreciate you eating me. I mean, I guess that's kind of my question. How Do you have a strategy as a cicada for how you're going to avoid being eaten... By me. Because I'm going to eat as many as I can this season, Mr. Possum. It don't bother me, because I'm going to be the kind of cicada that comes out of that 17-year coma, and he's going to be quick and ready to party. I'm going to have one of them beer helmets on. I'm going to be climbing high, and I'm going to be finding me a lady cicada. Yeah, I guess that's true. What I'm not factoring in here is that you've got that 17 years of just chilling that you don't have to worry about anybody messing with you at all. Yeah. Now, I'll train. I'll train in there so that I get my legs strong so I can be faster than the other cicadas so I don't get eaten. Now, that's smart. I don't think the rest of them do that. I think the rest of them just lounge around. Hope a woodpecker don't find them. Well, I'll at the very least talk about doing leg workouts. I'll think about it, which is a lot. It's almost like doing it. That is true of exercise, considering it is half of the battle. What you got for us, buddy? Well, Mr. Possum, I think I've invented the perfect job. So this one truly is the final word on it. The perfect job. What is it? The chill butler. Oh. A chill butler. 
See, wealthy people love having a butler, Mr. Possum. But nowadays, nobody wants that guy in the suit and tail standing there with a tray all the time asking if you're done with your waffles yet. That's like having a cop in your living room 24 hours a day. No, I think the wealthy of today want what I call a chill butler. Now, this is just a guy who stays at your house. He answers the door so that you don't have to. And he decides if the person or people at the door are chill enough to come in. And if you ask him, maybe he'll grab you a brewski on his way back to the couch. But mostly he just chills out and becomes kind of the face of the house. So you can relax and count your money somewhere in a you know dark room somewhere and know that whatever guests the chill butler has allowed into the house will be suitably entertained. I mean, he's still like a butler in that sense, but he's also part DJ in that he's in charge of the tunes. He handles the aux cord, Mr. Possum. Mm -hmm. So if you need a chill butler, go ahead and write to Big Howlin' Possum at uh, gmail.com and, 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 and put in your subject line, need a chill butler. I just have, like, one question about it. I mean, I, I pretty much get it. Okay. You're not going to be wearing the tux and tails. It's too stiff. Sure. Are you going to still have, like, a butler name, like Rigglesworth or Beasley or... No, that wouldn't be very chill. Those are very unchill names, what you just said there. Yeah, but you could you could be cool. You could be like, oh, I'm DJ Beasley. I'm DJ Rigglesworth. <laughs> well, now it does sound kind of cool like that, <laughs> DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast. Toot toot.